right, welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with another Belief Cast today. I'm so excited, as always. I have an amazing guest today. His name's Dustin Hawkins. Welcome. Thanks, Todd, for having me. Absolutely, dude. I know it's early, <laughs> but uh, you're here, and uh, I've known Dustin for quite some time now, a couple years now, yeah. and uh, he, uh, he's got quite the story of recovery. Um, he's been through a lot, and he's overcome a lot. Uh, he owns his own company and uh, re- treatment uh, called War, which yeah. is Workout Addiction Recovery. Um, it's a, it's actually a really different philosophy than most treatment programs, which I'm excited for our listeners to know more about as well. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we've got mutual clients that we've had back and forth there as well, and they've all done well and they love what you do and they they love you and your passion and your, your desire to help others. So, so I'm so excited to have you today. Yeah, man, I'm excited too. (laughs) I, I appreciate you saying that, um, yeah, you know, my war program, I mean, so it really just started with me as, um, I, I, you know, I became a drug addict and, um, when did that start? How well, old were you? let's, let's go back to yeah. like, like, let's go, where'd you grow up? Well, so I grew up in Ogden, Utah, um, played baseball, football, basketball, was into sports. Okay. I actually got drafted by the Cardinals organization out of high school. Really? Yeah. And for um, what position for, were you playing? I was playing center field. Okay. Yeah, center field. Wow. And so I got drafted out of high school. I didn't end up signing. I ended up taking a baseball scholarship to Wichita State University. Okay. So I went out to Kansas and was a student athlete out there for four years. And you know, it was interesting out there that that I'm a you know little Utah kid going out there to. <laughs> out to Kansas and just the, the culture and the, the party scene, you know, I mean, every, right. the, every college party scene's pretty intense and depend, you know, depending on where you're at. But I mean, yeah, just being that student athlete, well, I got into the party scene and I, ne- I didn't, it was, it was, it was fine. I mean, uh, the, the culture at Wichita was like, you partied hard and you played hard. Right. You know, I had a, my freshman year, I dislocated my shoulder like the third week I was in, in at Wichita. I do, diving back into first, the pitcher picked over. I do, okay. dove back and dislocated my shoulder. Okay. And so I ended up having to have surgery and I'll just, and that was the first time I found out I liked pills. Mm. Just that and, you know, drinking on them and I kind of tied it into the party scene and then, and I found out I really liked them. And then I kind of became that guy who, like, if if someone else had them or so, I knew someone else had a had a right. surgery. I'd yeah. you know, but it it still didn't bite me really in college. I was kind of a recreational guy with them. Smoked a lot of weed, mm-hmm. um, party, did that whole thing. Went going off to summer ball and partying, and you know, so it was mostly the party scene. And I could, I managed it pretty well. Um, played pretty well. Well, at my senior year, I ended up getting drafted again, by, but this time by the Astros organization and went into their organization and for, for four years. And then I got introduced to a different party scene and, and I got introduced okay. to Speed. Okay. I got into Adderall um, to play the game on. Okay. So other players were probably doing the same yeah, thing? Yeah, I had met some guy, a, a guy that, that – uh, that had them and I tried it and it just, it was like, I was the greatest 
player ever you know i right. felt i felt like you know and it, yeah. and it it's amazing it it was it i felt like this is how i need to play i i never not wanted to play i the, from the first time i took it i knew i was never not wanted to play a game not being on adderall really and so it just progressed you know i mean then i started snorting them um and doing more i had this routine of how many how i would take them before the game and then during the game it got to the point where i was going into the third inning into the bathroom and snorting them you know and after a while you know it became more about getting high in the party scene i remember standing in the outfield in lexington kentucky and that party scene was was pretty incredible as far as the where the our field sat right on the university's campus so I just remember standing out in the outfield thinking, I can't wait for the game to be over. You know, I'm going <laughs> really? go, to go part. I mean, uh -huh. my mind frame changed. And, and what happened when I started doing the speed is it enhanced that party scene right. at the end of the night. And so I could go longer and drink more and stay up later. And then I couldn't sleep. So I get, started getting into Xanax and Valium and, and then pain pills. And so now I'm speeding. And then drinking Xanax to come off and then sleep until 12.30, roll over to the park, do my routine, start getting with the Adderall, you know, to play a game for seven. And then oh, okay. do, and, and that routine, we play 140 games. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that routine's in, you know, this, this season that I'm talking about, I ended up having just the worst season ever. Yeah. You know, and I, but I, but I didn't know it is the interesting thing right i didn't know that i was having because you're so euphoric and i just was so lost yeah you didn't really pay attention to that it was more of just yeah. making sure i'm getting high whatever i can do yeah in that area. it was just it was just uh so i ended up having a pretty poor season i end up failing a drug test so i get drug tested i fell up for weed amphetamines and opiates that was hard um, so I go into that next off season, I got into opiates bad that off season. I got into morphine pills and obviously smoking weed and partying. Right. But then I started kind of going in the direction of opiates cause I felt like the amphetamines were becoming a problem. And then I felt like the opiates would make me stay home. Like I almost was like, yeah, opiates are working because now I don't feel like going out and part. It it changed right. the part. It changed the scene to more okay. of like a dark, isolated scene. Oh wow! So then okay. I started just kind of doing opiates, and I was content with sitting home and watching a movie, you know. So that off season happened, and then I went into spring training, um, and I hit a ground ball to the second baseman, and I was trying to beat out the throw. The pitcher. I had to beat the pitcher over because the first baseman had left. Right. And I pulled my hamstring. And then I got a, I got released a, a week later. You know, and what what was interesting is when this happened, I I I leaned, I made the excuse that to everyone, I was just like, yeah, I got hurt. That's why I got released. And then, okay. you know, but if I'm being honest, you know, I'm I, I get released anyway. And the reason I got released is because I was a drug addict okay and it's interesting to look back because all my my friends that were that i've talked to and uh, um 
had known what path I had gone down and they were, yeah. people were talking, Yeah. but I, I had no idea that anybody knew, you know, I, really. and so, you know, it was, well, I would imagine back then too, baseball became your identity. That's where you, you know, this is who yeah. I am. I'm Dustin, the baseball player. Yeah. And so when you get cut, right. It, it actually eases your conscience when you can say, well, I, it's because I pulled my hamstring. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to tell people, well, it's because I'm a drug addict. I'd rather get high. Yeah. So that's why they cut me. And so, but, you know, so you got two things going on here and now your identity's going away. Wow. That's exactly what happened. And when, when I came home, because, you know, everyone thought I was so cool or whatever right. in my hometown or whatever, you yeah. know, professional baseball player, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, well, I can't, I come home and, you know, I end up getting married and, I'd put together like w when I felt like the pills were getting way out of hand, I'd just smoke weed. I smoked, I smoked weed about every day anyway, but like I could, I could just, I could almost get away from the pills for a while and just smoke weed every two hours right? all day long. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, sure. and almost just use weed to self-medicate to help me to not do pills and, and not, not party. Mm -hmm. But it ended up, I ended up getting you know, that never worked. I mean, it worked for a little bit. I could get away from it for a couple months and then, but then it always was, was back to the, and then I got into oxys. Um, and then those kind of went away. And then what really brought me down was methadone pills. I, okay. I had met a guy that had methadone pills and, um, that was when I really became non-functionable, right. You know, nodding off. And, and by this time I had a, a nine month little boy and a three year old little girl, you know, okay. this is, this is, you know, three or four years after I'd gotten released. Okay. It, so, so it pro had progressed, you know? So did you get married? Were you married while you were playing baseball? No, or I got married right when I got like a year after I had gotten released okay, gotcha. and it was through my high school suite, a girl that uh, uh -huh. I had dated in high school and she knew who exactly I was and I'm thankful for her. Yeah. but what's her name autumn autumn we'll yeah give her a shout out yeah autumn. we're still we're still <laughs> yeah. going strong but three kids later yeah um so real quick though i want to jump back so you you know you get cut you come home i mean that that had to have been a really difficult time like what did you did you feel like now what am i gonna do like yeah. did you go just get a you know a job working at this grocery store. I mean, what'd you yeah, do? Yeah, that was tough. I mean, that had that to have been really, a difficult time. Yeah, well, I had never had a job. Right. That's so. Yeah. I'm I'm 26 years old, and never had a job. Right. Ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little construction in eighth grade or something. Right. You know, but yeah. <laughs> and, but I had a, my I had my degree. I had my degree in exercise physiology from from Wichita State. Oh, okay. So I, you know, so I was thankful for that. But I came home and. Yeah, I ended up getting a job right when I got home at a place called Clearfield Job Corps. Okay. And it's working with working with troubled kids. I was like uh I worked in the recreation department and worked with troubled kids and there was okay. a weight room and I actually it's interesting I actually got these kids going in this weight room and and when I had that job they drug tested me. And that was actually I was really happy when I when I had that job cuz it I still was getting high but I had to be tone it down right. and it was better 
but that that was my first job when I got home and it was just this little you know out at Clearfield Job Corps and then but yeah and then I and then I just kept moving forward got a sales job and then I actually got I actually got my master's degree in business okay went and got my MBA oh okay okay but that brought me back to Adderall you know when I went and got that MBA so then I now now my routine and the, and this this took it to a tough level as far as my addiction everyone how did you get your MBA well well I did speed all day until about three o'clock and then I did opiates from about three o'clock to the rest of the night and then Valium to take me down even more to sleep and I did that routine to do my MBA on right and so I was always a really highly functioning addict and I think part of it was that cult in baseball right well, if you party till four in the morning, we got a double header at eleven a.m. Let's let's get ready to play. Even though right. I even though I got a headache and I'm hungover, right? I still got to go play here, you know. And so that mentality was has always been with me. Yeah. And wow. And so that's what you know. I got my MBA after I got that. Got more into opiates, and I actually had. A savings account I had sold a house and some money and I had about 50 grand in our life savings and I actually ran through all of that money in about a year and my wife all found, 50 grand yeah, 50 gone. grand in about a year really yeah wow and my wife so my wife finds out and now it's in our marriage and everything's going bad anyway now I'm nodding I'm you know how you you know yeah. the addict I'm sure I'm not doing good um had a good job i was a administrator at the huntsman cancer institute um had these two kids and she um we're done i'll never forget it you know one morning we're i'm getting ready to go up to huntsman it's early and and you know i'm like two days off of or two or three days off of methadone pills and i'm sick my legs um Honry and things were going bad between us and we had gotten in this fight in the morning like yelling and mm-hmm. she the money stuff and yeah i can imagine and she picks up you know the, a water bottle a full water bottle and, and um you know hits me in the in the side of the face with it hard yeah and like one of those big you know the ones right. you buy at the store yeah and i I remember I lost, I lost it almost to the point where I almost, I almost got physical with her, you Uh know, like I was, I was so mad. My little, I can, my kids are crying, listening to it in the other room. And I, and I got in my car, I ended up leaving and I'm crying in my car to driving to Huntsman. And I'm just like, I remember, I remember looking at the people driving and I'm, and I'm, and I'm saying, how do these people go to work sober? How are they staying sober all day long? Right. You know, like, how do they do life sober? This is ridiculous. How the, the, like, and I'm just talking and I'm thinking so dark about, I don't want to live and all these different things. And, and the route I took up to, um, to Huntsman is I would take Beck street. I don't know if you know where that is. And then it, I would take the route up towards the Capitol and then drop down to main street. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm sitting there at the light up there and I look down and I'm, and I, and I saw the Mormon temple below and, and I had heard that Christ helps people, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm so low. I'm just like, sure. I, I can't stop doing pills. Like, how am I going to be sober? And I start thinking, dude, I, I'm going to, I get this feeling like I'm going to go down to the Mormon temple and walk around the temple. And, um, and I, my family, you know, I, I was baptized when I was a little kid, but we weren't active in the church. So I didn't know anything about the church. I didn't know anything about. So I drive down and I park behind that, uh, convention center. And then I walk around and I, I walk through the, over into the, into temple square and I go into the visitor center and there's all these paintings of Christ in there. And, um, I go in and I'm standing in front of these paintings and I'm just having a hard time. I mean, imagine that fight with my wife and I'm, and I'm just like, like kind of just like, dude, could this work? Could this help me if I, if I got into the Mormon church Mm -hmm. and, and tried to find Christ. And I, I just, it wasn't this lightning bolt, like Mm -hmm. feeling it was, it was like, like just a little bit of hope. You know, like, like I might, this might work if I, if I tried this out and I felt, I felt just like a, just like the little, most little bit of relief. And so to make a long story short, I started, I started going down to the temple and walking around, you know, I leave Huntsman on my lunch breaks, you know, months go by. I, I, I. I start going down to the temple. I'm talking to these sister missionaries, crying to these sister missionaries. <laughs> Looking back, I had to, have, you know, they led me to the book, this bookstore across the street. Uh, it's called Deseret Book. And I started reading like everything about like the, the prophets had written. I started studying Neil A. Maxwell. I just, yeah. just it's any book I, I was reading anything. I got into C.S. Lewis, the screw tape letters, mere Christianity, you know, any, anything. I became this studier. Right. I started reading the book of Mormon. And so my wife, she's from Arkansas and like grew up Baptist. And right. And so she's just like, seeing all this and she's like you're gonna you're gonna get you're getting into the mormon church <laughs> and i'm like i'm like honey you don't like it when i'm doing pills yeah. like i you don't yeah. i can't stop i i don't know how to be happy i don't know i have to do this and so i you know i started rolling up to church and doing that whole thing uh-huh. um started taking my kids with me my wife just you know went and worked out. It was kind of like a break for her. Right. While we would do this. And, and I started putting it together like this spiritual foundation. And then I found CrossFit. Okay. So I'd always been in the weight room. Right. I found CrossFit this way of training, right? A lot of, most people heard of it by now, but this was like 2008 ish. It was kind of brand new. It was brand new, you know, and I started training this way and I liked it. And you know, to, little bit more backstory but i i had i've had a back surgery i had a back surgery before all this during all this that that you know so i was linked up to doctors for these pills too and yeah and you know but so crossfit was sketchy for my back but i i couldn't i 
but it but it healed my back at the same time i started yeah. picking things up off the ground and going overhead with weight and power cleaning and high intensity training and energy system training and then i started exploring good nutrition practices and uh -huh. what that could do to me i mean in a nutshell i i, I still like to get high yeah. i just do it now through that medium <laughs> you know yeah a different way yeah healthy way yeah, healthy way. Yeah. I found, you know, and the charity that I was getting from Christ, like in, in my heart, you know, feeling the spirit, you know, that like that when I when I started learning about the Holy Ghost and the spirit that um, and how to use that to to help me, you know, to help me feel safe. You know? So so as you're studying, trying to learn more about Christ and you're trying to figure this out and you're obviously getting closer to, you know, to what people say Christ really right. is. Right. So you're, you're starting to get there, right? Right. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, in, uh, I'm still so far away from that, you know, be, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's exactly what was happening. I, I started paying attention to how I acted and how I treated people because, because if I didn't, then I could feel that spirit leave me, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, like I started noticing like, dude, if I listen to Eminem all day, yeah, like I can't, I feel like I ate a bunch of rocks yeah. as opposed to, no, I can't, I'm not going to listen to that. I listen, I'm listening to, you know, I listen to a lot of conference talks or, you know, so then I started like noticing that it changed the way I felt mm -hmm. and I could, and, and what things drove that spirit out of my heart. And then I realized like, if I keep my spiritual condition high, yeah. And then I got a great shot of dealing with those cravings. Yeah. So those cravings come in and I think about going and picking up. Ah, but I'm happy. I have like, I'm content. Mm -hmm. I'm, oh, there they are again. I want to go, oh, but I'm happy. I'm going to go work out instead. And, you know, so I started being able to compete with these cravings with what I was doing in the church, the exercise, the nutrition, um, and I just started getting happy. You know, we start yeah. a year goes by this and I'm working hard on it. And I started thinking, man, I want to show people this. I started seeing like on the Instagram and stuff, mm -hmm. people dying and on Facebook, all this huge problem. I started paying attention a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I started getting this feeling like, dude, I could sh I want to show people like this training piece. I want to show people this nutrition piece and the spiritual piece. I wasn't going to show them like get into like, say it was like, this, right. Get people into Christ or anything or do the, the route I went through church, but show them this spiritual side of life, yeah. you know? And, and so I came up with this idea for workout addiction recovery and keep in mind, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm like still on the pink cloud, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm like, when I got this idea is like eight months of, of a lot of relapse, little relapses and, but, but doing pretty good. Right. I went, so I went to this gym by my house called the Ogden athletic club. And my buddy who I, who I had kind of helped start this gym called CrossFit, the club ran it. And I went to this, I went to him and I said, look, I want to start a night program Mm -hmm. over here for free called workout addiction recovery would be like at eight o'clock at night. And, and I'm just, just, I'll train at it, you know, get people 
train them and then I'll do a little classroom piece and yeah. and they're like boom they're like go ahead start it. <laughs> So I started with a couple of my buddies. Remember I'm remember I'm working at Huntsman all day. Right. That's my day job. And you know, two people turn into three, four, eight, ten, fifteen. And I'm you know, a couple months I got fifteen people. Cause what was cool about it is Ogden Athletic Club is a big fitness club. They got yeah. like six thousand members. Oh, so wow. people would hear that we they had this program going on and they they'd kind of people I'd have people wandering back like, hey yeah. man, is what this is for this? is this for addicts? <laughs> and they're like I was like, yeah man, come you, you know, they I kind of they were like relieved. So I so that's what I did. I started, I train them in the gym. We'd go into the classroom and then I just, you know, spit my concepts about nutrition and training and uh-huh. and all this different stuff and we just have these awesome discussions. Yeah. And you know, how how I came up with the training before the the class was what I had this therapist that I was seeing mm-hmm. during this time too and I I would train in the gym before I'd go meet with the therapist. And I noticed the times I would train in the gym before I go meet with them, I would talk and like have a good session. Yeah. But the times I didn't train in the gym before I go meet with them, like I didn't even want to go in and talk to him. Right. So I started linking up like beautiful conversations and good thinking happens after you train and you go in that classroom. I mean, imagine everybody sweating together, kind of suffering together. Then you go in a classroom and there's like high fiving and everyone's open and willing to talk. Wow. I love it. And so, so we, that's the model that, that I went with. Okay. Well, I started, so I'm running this program, right? And it's consuming my mind and I can't even like pay attention at my day job. That's more my career, like at all. Yeah, and, I bet. Yeah. Like, and I start, <laughs> I start thinking about quitting and, um, I kind of hearing this whisper, like you should just quit this job, dump out your 401k and start a war program. And I, um, you know, this is during 2008, remember 2009, whenever the financial collapse yeah, was happening right around then, yeah. right around that time. Yeah. And, and so I talked to my <laughs> boss about it. My boss is like, no, you should not do this. And she shows me all these resumes of all these people that, that, uh, want my job and need a job and all this. And gas prices are like 13 bucks a gallon or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. she's talking about insurance. And so she talks me out of it. And then I talked to my parents about it. Kind of the same thing. They yeah. bring up the insurance thing. And so long story short, I ended up, I ended up just quitting going in. I mean, it was a great job, you know, great salary benefits, whatever quit my job, dump out my 401k. It was like, had like 50 grand in there mm-hmm. from my 401k. Um, rip out a, about a 3,500 square foot garage with two big bay doors, uh-huh. ripped it all out, put, laid all that black flooring down, put in about $25,000 worth of just rogue state of the art equipment. Wow. And boom, started it. This, this, it actually started in 2000. I had it all. Yeah. 2010. Okay. 2010 is when I actually first started it, you know, and no one showed up. Oh man. You're <laughs> so, like going, you're probably at that point. What did I do? Well, what am I doing? Well, Cause remember it was a free program and I, re- <laughs> I really, I really had no business plan, you know, going into it at all. Yeah. Um, 
I just was like, you know, just wanting to change the world. Build it and they'll show yeah, up. Yeah, they'll build it and they'll come, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get this call from this this guy one day, this this dude that I actually played Little League football with. His name was Zach. And he hits me up and he's like, hey, you remember me? We played Little League football. And I was like, hell yeah, I remember you. Mm -hmm. We were like best friends. Yeah. And so we get to... Um, he, he goes on to tell me that he's a heroin addict. He's living in a bank-owned house with other heroin addicts and asks if, he, if I can help him. And I was like, yeah, man, let's do it, you know. And yeah. so when I started working with him, he was doing like eight balloons. He was on like eight balloons of heroin. Um, and so, I, you know, and I'm, I'm fresh working with people. I don't know. I'm, so he, he, we set up this plan, and he's a special dude. Uh -huh. But he, we, I start picking him up every morning, train him in the gym, and then I go and raise like three hundred bucks and buy him, you know, perfect nutrition from Costco. Get him on a schedule, um, you know, going into my classroom, trying to persuade him, right, getting him stoked on right. it all. And he works himself down to one balloon, at, doing one balloon at heroin. We tried to detox him a few times in in his house, where he just cut it off, but he was living with four other heroin addicts. And so he'd yeah. lay down in his basement and then when he got real sick, then he'd just go back up and yeah, relapse. It's just too easy. To yeah. Go it right was up. too easy. Yeah. So I ended up finally getting him out of that house, moving him into his parents. He detoxes the rest of the way. And the, the before and after picture, he, you know, he went from looking like, you know, he had one foot in the grave yeah. to a UFC fighter. Yeah. You know, this, this in shape, Wow. You know, and I, and that was when I was like, wow, like this is, this is, un, that this is, that's when I tested it, te had my first like real experiment of the war program. Right. And it's, I, so there's no money and it's like, I'm wondering how this is all going to work. You know, it's Christmas time. And well, I get this call from his brother-in-law saying, Hey man, I want to donate a little bit to your program. I, I like what you've done. And, and I had been getting like $150, $200 donations at the time. Nothing right. big, you know? Mm -hmm. and so I give him my account number or whatever. And, if, and like three days later I go and to, I'm standing at the bank and I'm, you know, open my account. And I noticed that he had, he, he had put 10 grand in my account. Really? Yeah, tenth, and I I wow. remember I'm just standing at America first, just like crying, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, that was yeah. so much money. I was just well, like, yeah, That's I amazing. mean, it made it so I could keep going, and and uh, and then he ended up donating again, and in and, and being kind of a guy that helped me keep it rolling. Like I'm right. so thankful for this dude. Oh, and then and then I got probably. 10 other stories like that where the money came like that. Right. Uh -huh. just, yeah. It just showed up. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, cause wow. like the model that I ran, I never ran a recovery gym. I always wanted to get to a treatment center where I'm at now. Right. But the, the model I, I ran is my alumni. So whoever came through, we, we had someone else coming through. We would surround them, love them, train babysit them in a way train them in the gym <laughs> yeah. take them on hikes take them to meet go make them go to meetings take them to meetings yeah. get them healthy with the nutrition get them going mm -hmm. and then you know and then they became part of it oh, and okay. then the next person we would surround gotcha. and that was the model i mean i 
I mean, early I had people sleeping in that gym, you know, (laughs) we pulled a trailer along the gym one time before and had, and put a, wow, put a guy in there. Whatever it takes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was a wild ride and, (laughs) and that's awesome. And where it's at now, you know, I mean, well, it's funny. I've known you for this long and I really didn't know this backstory. Right. Uh, it's pretty fascinating and I love that like you know even going back to your story when you're you kind of look down and you see this you know Christian temple right and you're like I don't know maybe I'll go look walk around I gotta right. find something so I'm something's wrong here I got to do something different right. to where it's just gradually started to get to where you were at that point right it's pretty cool yeah that I don't know you know that's why I, I keep you know, these groups I'm running and people I'm working with now, like how bad do you want to get sober? Yeah. That's, that's what, like, how bad is it? You know, yeah. like for me, I, yeah, I would do anything, you know, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't be happy. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I remember telling my mom, like, mom, I'm never going to be happy again. I can, I'm telling you, I, I don't think I can get a happy thought in my head. I, wow. That's a bad <laughs> feeling. Oh, that's a dark place, man. That's a dark and, place. And, you know, and you and I deal with clients all the time. Yeah. When we see them for the first time, they're in that same mindset. Like, life sucks. What What's the point? Yeah. You know, you're, you're so happy, but I can't have that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. And you can, though. You can yeah. be happy once, but it, but it takes some, some uh, that's, you know, that's why I, lo- I love your philosophy. Like, this, the the diligence of mm-hmm. you know the early to bed early to rise the yeah. the nutrition i mean there's so many ways to compete with the cravings and yeah you know just to, to be able to just you know for me like like uh being able to when i get squirrely in my head and i'm having a hard time in my head to be able to just know and have these tools of i can throw on my headphones i can walk out my front door yeah. And I could go for a jog and I can work on prayer and gratitude the whole way. And then I can let this song lift my mind up a little bit yeah. with the endorphins. And then I see sure. some scenery over here on the right that makes me think more about my kids. And then I run a little harder and take up the intensity a little harder. Yeah. And now I'm like, and then I'm sprinted out back to my car and I'm working on more prayer and my mind's different yep. than it was when I was in, yeah. in in the house. When I, before I did that, I was thinking about, I wanted to go do pills. I, I'm thinking about going to the doctor. Now I'm thinking I was really going to go to the doctor. Yeah. I, wow. I, wow. Things are going great with me and my wife. I don't need to go to the doctor. Thank you for helping me to beat that. Yeah. And I want to point something out. You said there is so powerful. It chokes me up a little bit, actually. And I apologize. But, uh, (laughs) you know, there's a principle behind what you just said there. Right. And the principle is this. Thought creates the emotion every time. Right. Thought creates guilt, shame, sadness, fear, worry, anxiety. Right. But thought also creates joy, happiness, compassion, sympathy, love. And so here you are. And this is what a lot of people who haven't been addicted before don't understand fully. Right. So here you are in your house. You you know, things are going well. You got the war program. You've got beautiful kids, a a, a faithful, strong, loving, patient wife. Right. (laughs) You know, and you've had all these miracles happen. You know, guy drops 10 grand in your account and all these things. And, you know, on paper, it's like, man, things look amazing. Right. Why would you even consider using? 
But that's when those thoughts come in, you, you know, you're calling them cravings and stuff. And what I love about what you did is you, in order to change those thoughts, what you did is like, you know what? Nope. I'm going to stand up, put on my headphones and I'm going for a jog and I'm going to pray. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to think of my kids. I'm going to think of my family. So what you did in that moment is you changed your thoughts, which changed your emotions. Right. And I love it because that proves the grit and the determination and how bad you want it. Right. Now, some people are like, well, it's easy to change your thoughts, which it you typically can be. But when you've been addicted to something that's screaming out for you to, you know, go right. to the doctor and get right. some. Right. But I love that you just said no. Nope. And I'm going to go fight this. And you got out and you did something different. Right. I hope that was okay for me to no, say that. Perfect. Dude, it was so beautiful that's, that's what you exactly said That's exactly it. And it hit me right here in my heart. Yeah. Um, and I love that, Dustin. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly it. Like, because the routine was this before. I lay in my house, the cravings come in, and I start wrestling with them. And then, yeah. and, and then I would just like, you know, take the day off, hide under my covers and watch Netflix. Right. And then I would last a little while and I could try to distract myself with that. Uh -huh. But then, but then I was just like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And then I'm out the door and now I'm lying to my wife. Where are you going? Oh, I'm just running. And now I'm lying. And then yeah. now I'm headed to the doctor to go manipulate a doctor. And then I'm, you know, and then I pick up cause, wow. and then, so I sat there and I thought, and I remember the first time I did this, I never, it was when I decided I, I got to this little trailhead and I got, and I, and I was battling all day with these cravings and I thought I'm going to go for this run and I didn't want to go for the run. Right. I'm going to go for this run. And if I still want to go pick up after I'm going to go, but I'm going to do this first to see what happens. Wow. And things were going so great with me and my wife, you know, and she would know, like, I know what would happen if I go, it's going to be, it would be a bad thing. Yeah. I go do this run. I do exactly what I said. I see this scenery and the song hits me good and the the music. And then I get back and then it's like, what? I was going to go pick up. And that was when I first gained a testimony that that worked yep. with the cravings. Yeah. And, and man, it, it works hundred percent of the time. <laughs> the only time it doesn't work is if I don't have the courage to do it. Cause sometimes when yeah. you've gone that far with the craving, yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm like, I've already made my mind up. Here I go. Yeah. That's the power of a decision. Right. Yep. Yep. So it's just, wow. And, and I'm not saying that would work for everybody. That's I'm just sharing. Well, no, no, it's, what? you know, and I, I think people will relate with this. Even if you're not an addict and you're listening to this today, um, you know, Dustin's, you know, everyone has something they're dealing with, right. whether it's an addiction, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether they're trying to find purpose or they got in a fight with their wife or their husband. I mean, just those simple little things you did. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, go for a run, pray, meditate, whatever I need to do, get myself out of that situation right. and then come back. Right. I don't care what you're dealing with. That will work. Yeah. Every time it does. It's almost like it's just human nature. <laughs> yeah. That, that would work you know people just it. know i love it know? man um so let's shift gears just a little bit great amazing yeah. story dude and thank you for sharing yeah. that. that's so powerful what so we talked about you know when you told your mom i i'm never gonna be happy i'll never i don't even know if i can have a happy thought <laughs> right um what makes you happy today so let's get 
beyond yeah. what you went through, here here you are today, doing great things, got a great family, you're a great individual, people right. who know you love you. I mean, you've got it all, it seems like, Thanks right? Thanks for saying that. What, what, what makes you happy now? Like what, man, what do you focus on that does that? Man, I, I mean, I love what I do. I, I'm so thankful that I dared to try to, to start war, you know, like right. I, it's been really hard. I've lost a lot, like as far as financially, you know, starting yeah. war, I ended up losing my house and wow. my credit. Some stuff was hard, has been hard, but I mean, where I'm at today, you know, I just had another little baby. I got a little, uh, nine month old baby. My wife joined the church, um, okay. probably four years ago. Okay. And then we went through the temple in, uh, 2016. Um, and, and I just, I, I don't know. I've just never, I told, it's funny you asked me this cause I, last night I was sitting there with my little boy watching football, the little baby. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just got this feeling. I wanted to go tell my wife that this is the happiest I've been, Really, you know, like yeah. in a long, like yeah, probably ever. I'm so happy. And and I, so I went in and told her and she's like, why are you just, what's, why are you just tell me this out of the blue? I just, just cause I, I'm really happy, even though life sometimes sucks for, for everybody life it's never it's not always birds chirping we always have stuff that's <laughs> that sucks like but that doesn't mean we're unhappy right like my yeah. kid last night he slept like two hours i was really mad you know but i'm still like the happiest i've ever been yeah, you know and you had to be here at 6 a.m yeah to be here at six you know <laughs> you're like oh not tonight man i thought about texting you saying hey man i can't make it i'm so glad <laughs> no, you just because this is this is awesome yeah but <laughs> but i but thanks for asking that because yeah. I, I that's what makes me happy that mm-hmm. you know that i'm not yeah. wrestling with those cravings either right you know but 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 i've learned not to take that for granted like i stay on my stuff i mean just yeah. like everything i've you talk about i in your philosophy and I, I stay on the stuff because yeah. I know that I can get sick really fast. Sure, sure. You know, I I just know and and, yeah. but I I don't have to I don't I I don't have to like just be feel like I'm a you know I can feel like I'm not hanging on in recovery. That's what the lifestyle that I that I promote people like. Yeah, you're not white knuckling it. I don't have to white knuckle it or yeah. pretend like I'm like I just gotta live a you know live yeah. a very healthy and happy and balanced yeah. way of life dude and i and i can and, I, and i'm pretty happy you know <laughs> that's so awesome i'm i'm, I, I'm I happy that. you know thanks for asking that no you bet and dude you're you're a great individual and i'm so glad that you were willing to come share your story um if you know if you could give some advice to someone out there you know someone who's going to hear this hear your story right. who's struggling whether it's addiction or just struggling in general, right? What what's some advice that you could give this individual, and how? What would you tell them? I would just say, you know, I my my philosophy is that a brand new way of life has to take place. You know, okay. like and mm-hmm. and and that doesn't have to be the same way of life that I put together, but there's got to be some type of health, some type of what's a, what's a way people can feel better about themselves. You know, like if you feel good about yourself, you, you, then it's, yeah. it, it's easier to put off those, 
those cravings and that negative self-talk because it's like, okay, this, look what I'm doing. You know, yeah, I've, right. I've put together a good schedule throughout the day. Um, I'm healthy. Um, you know, and then when, when it gets sad, when you get sad in your mind, it's like, it's okay because, uh, you know, I got a good foundation built of health. Right. You know, like I got this foundation built in my life that, you know, I got what I'm doing with, with Christ. I got, uh, you know, my nutrition, I work on all my, my exercise and training, yeah. you know, trying to stay present around my kids yeah. on Sunday nights. When I start thinking about work on Monday, I'm just like, yeah. I'm trying to stay with my kid. When I'm with my kids, I'm trying to stay there mentally. Right. And, and so like just this foundation of health that I've, that I'm able to plant my life on. And, okay. and that's what I would say to people like build a foundation of health so that you got a, a strong foundation to put your life on. If you don't build it, then it's just, it's just pleasure. Right now you're like, that's what we are when we're drug addicts. We're just, our foundation is pleasure and that's not a foundation. You're right. You're standing on sand. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so that's why uh, I think what has helped me turn a corner is just having that solid foundation at hell. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. What great advice to have a, a solid foundation to stand your life on and, and what you said, those five things, amazing right. things to do. And right. I love it. Well, if people want to know more about your program, you know, the war program, right. how would they, how would they do that? Yeah. Just work out addiction recovery. You know, I'm a dot com. Um, I'm a, IOP and a day treatment and I have sober living, you know, so it's a treatment yeah. center. I'm able to take insurance now. I got, you know, full clinical staff and that's awesome. You know that I have my gym piece as well where I, you know, I do an assessment on people when they come in a physical assessment. Right. And based on the assessment is the kind of the strength and conditioning program we put them on. And yeah. And by the way, I'll just kind of interject something right. here. You know, I've seen a lot of these before and after pictures and, and, and and I know they're real because I've I've I know the I knew the clients before they went to right, war. <laughs> right. And to see the transformation right. of these like their physique. Right. Now you might say, Well, that's just their physique, but no, it's so much more than that, as you well right. know. But to see the transformations, it's quite remarkable because not only do they look differently physically, they just look amazing, but you can see their confidence has increased a hundredfold. Their, you know, their, their self worth. Yeah. You know, the way they carry themselves is completely different from before they go there. Right. And I just want to say that to our listeners, it's it truly is a remarkable program, and it's a remarkable transformation that these people go through. And what's cool is you're helping people go through the exact transformation you went through. Yeah. No, it's it is cool. I told my wife that <laughs> the other day. I was took a group on a hike because we do a lot of our spiritual work. Uh huh hiking and jogging experiences and stuff like that and and she's like oh that must be nice to go on a hike i was like yeah I mean, <laughs> it's pretty cool that i the lifestyle yeah. that everyone yeah. was like when i was getting sober everyone would be like why are you walking around so much and listen to <laughs> audiobooks i'm like well isn't it cool now that i'm taking people on the same journey, journey oh, you know dude, i love it so cool but dude. but yeah i in instagram i'm just at dustin l hawkins you know and then um yeah and then, you know, my email, Dustin at workoutaddictionrecovery.com. Just whatever, you know, yeah. if anybody needs to, yeah. if anyone wants to 
email me or wants to yeah help. take a take a look at dustin's pictures he's quite the specimen himself um he looks amazing <laughs> <laughs> um which which is true i mean you take you take you practice what you preach that's right. what i love like you're not telling people to work out and you're not doing it yourself i mean you obviously you're doing it yourself right. and that's what i love about you too is you're, right. you're practicing what you preach nice. which Thank is beautiful you. um so there you go listeners dustin hawkins an amazing individual. What a great story. We could we could probably spend a whole nother hour. Right. Probably have, let's do this again. Yeah, seriously, sure. because I know there's a, so much more to it, uh, to your story. But uh, reach out to him, uh, WarRecovery.com. Uh, yeah, or WorkoutAddictionRecovery.com. WorkoutAddictionRecovery.com. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. and sharing your amazing story and your life with us. Yeah. And keep keep doing what you're doing, man. You're changing lives, and it's. Uh, what a great way to live and earn earn a living, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks, Todd, for having me. I appreciate all you do as well. Thank so. you. Thank you. Well, there you go. Another belief cast. Uh, here you go. Um, please uh, check us out again on iTunes. Please do a review if you haven't already. That just helps get the word out. And uh, this will be posted later today. And again, to my listeners, thank you so much for your support. I feel so blessed that I get to sit and listen to these amazing stories week after week of yeah. great people like yourself. So, yeah. all right, people, Thanks, Todd. have an amazing day. Thanks, guys. Okay.